Hey, good morning, everyone. Okay, be honest with me this morning. How many of you, you made a New Year's resolution? Somebody raised their hand before I even asked the question. They, they know my mind. How many of you made a New Year's resolution this year? You admit it. You, you made something in your mind. You said, I want to do something different in 2016. Raise your hand. Okay, three of you. Good. Okay, so let's just pray and we'll go home. No, um, uh, resolutions always amaze me because we look at the new year and we think, okay, this can be a new year. And so I want to challenge myself to do something. How many know that when we make a resolution or we set our mind to do something, our intentions at the beginning are always good? Right? You always say, man, this, I want to do, maybe you, maybe you saw something on TV or you read something and, or, or read a story of someone else that, that made these life choices and you're like, man, that's what I need to do. So I'm going to start doing it. And I, I'm going to, you know, so I'm going to start off in the new year and I'm really going to make a change because I know I need to do this. And so we always have good intentions at the beginning, right? We're, we're, we're pumped up. We're, 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 we're ready to do it. I remember when the first Rocky movie came out and there was like a Rocky marathon on this weekend. And I've wa- I watched everyone again for like the millionth time. My wife's like, are you kidding me? Did I hear the Rocky theme in the other room? I said, just be quiet, Kathleen. This is the best movie ever made in the history of movies. So um, I remember when I, I, the movie came out, I was 10 years old. And I remember um, watching, I got so inspired that I'm going to be Rocky. I'm going to start training. Not that I was going to box. Who am I going to box? My twin sister. She'd probably still beat me. But so I go, I'm going to, so I got up that next morning. I ran around our, our block once and I was done. That was it. You know, I, I drank the raw eggs. You know, I did the whole thing. I was ready. And, you know, we, we have good intentions, but how many know it's, it's completing what we started? And, and I remember 16 years ago, this day in January is when we moved from South Carolina to, to New York, back to New York. And um, I remember just thinking, man, I, I, I got to exercise because I'm not getting any younger. And so I'm going to have to exercise. So I said, you know, what? I'm going to start running. I'm going to start really it's more like a fast walk. But I'm going to start fast walking, which I call jogging. People fly by me all the time, but I'm going to start jogging and just going to do this. And faith, I've done it for the last 16 years. Now, any of you know, when you start running, if you've never run before, it's miserable. You're thinking to yourself, why would anyone in their right mind do this? It's torture. Does anyone ever go by someone that's jogging and they got a big smile on their face and they're all excited? It's not fun. I mean, I have to really just like, oh my goodness, do I have to run today? Really? But I've just, I just set in my mind, I'm going to do it. So I do it five to six times a week. And I figured out how many miles I actually, I don't run a lot. I run maybe 25, 30 minutes every time I do it. But I figured out um, all those three mile runs over a year adds up to about 700 or 800 miles. So every year I run from like here to North Carolina. And when you think about it, you're like, wow, when you begin to add that up, that makes a big difference in your life, doesn't it? But but it's it's all those little choices we make at the beginning to say, hey, am I going to be faithful to do this? Now, I'm thinking this in my mind as I'm thinking about, because I was thinking about a message, what what is something that I've done that I've actually kept doing that I haven't stopped? You know, something that that I've done. And jogging is about one of the things that I've actually done that I've stayed with it over all the other things that we say we're going to do that we never end up, end up doing. I got thinking to myself, what if we actually were like that 
in our spiritual lives? What if actually we said to ourselves, God, I, I want to be intentional in my spiritual life. I, I want to be that follower of Christ that sets my mind on something that I'm going to be faithful. Because I think for every believer that feels a calling of God in their life, at the beginning, there's this, maybe it's emotions, whatever it may be, we're, we're, we're hyped up, we're excited about doing it, and we're like, hey, I'm going to do this. But how many know life gets in the way? And, and trials can get in the way. And, and, and things can, can, can become roadblocks into our lives, into our spiritual lives, that the thing that we began to pursue with, with fervor and eagerness begins to wane, or it's not as exciting as it was in the beginning. And so what begins to happen is we begin to wane and we begin to look for things to, to get us excited again, and it's not like it was in the beginning. But, but what if we just were faithful? Well, what if it's not all the great and grandiose things that keep us motivated in our walk with the Lord, but what if it's just the small things? What are the small things that we can do in our lives, in our spiritual lives, that will keep us motivated to hunger and thirst for the Lord? See, my heart's desire for you as your pastor, as your, your desire and your hunger for the Lord would grow and grow and grow, and that your hunger for the Lord would spill over into the life of the church, and that the life of the church would benefit from your hunger from the Lord. You see, our, our intention, see, me running basically benefits me. It, it, you know, it's really not benefiting you besides the fact that hopefully I won't have a heart attack next year. But anyways, if I tell my wife, if I'm running and I don't come back in 30 minutes, please go out and look for me. <laughs> that means I'm on the side of the road somewhere. Um, you know, when, when we are intentional about our walk with the Lord, not only is it going to bless you, it's going to bless those around us. It's going to ultimately bless the life of the church and what God intends for your life. And, and, and what I want to look at today is, is living our life on purpose. And here's the thing I want you to realize. Jesus makes this call to follow us. And, and this call goes out to anyone. It's, it's not for a select few. This call goes out to anyone. Jesus is not a respecter of person or your background or what you've done. But Jesus makes this call and he says to us, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you to be part of my life, to be part of my kingdom, to change the world around you. And so the call goes out and Jesus makes this call to everyone. And, and, and I like what, what Paul says here. Paul is as he writes this letter to, to the church in Ephesus, Paul is saying to them, listen, I want you to live your calling with worth. I want, I want you to be worthy of the calling that Christ has set you to. And I want to read that for you. Ephesians 4, 1 says this. Paul speaking in, the, in, in that first chapter, verse 1 of chapter 4, Paul says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to, leave a, to lead a life that's worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Do you realize that you didn't choose God? God chose you. The call went out to you 
to follow him. So what Paul's saying to this group as he speaks to a church in Ephesus, which is modern day Turkey, he's not speaking to a select few, but the whole church. And he's saying, listen, all of you have been called. And, and those that have been called, so what is the requirement of a calling? Is it, is it that God specifically wrote something in the sky or called you on the phone or that you had to have these certain you know, goosebumps, like, ooh, I feel this calling in my life or super spiritual moment. No, this is what he says. For those that have been called have responded to the gospel message. They've responded to the message of Christ that Jesus died for you, that he wants you to come into his life, that he wants to save you from your sins. And the moment you respond to the gospel message, guess what? You have been called. You've been called into his life. Jesus calls us literally out of our lives and into his life. Now, now this isn't saying that, okay, Jesus, you're attack on to my life. <clears throat> uh, you're a means to my ends. And no, 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 it doesn't work that way. Jesus says, listen, I'm calling you out of your life. And now I want you to come into my life. I've called you out of darkness into my wonderful light. Jesus calls us out of sin and condemnation into forgiveness and grace. And what changes is my heart. I now take on this new life. My desires change. And now I want to serve and please Christ. And for every single one of us, we have the exact same calling. And so what does that mean? Because I think sometimes we get, we get confused about this. We get confused. Well, well, pastor, you had a calling to, to, to serve as a pastor. There's some that next couple of weeks, we're going to look at missionaries that are going through our church. They had a calling um, to the mission field. Okay, those are, those are specific areas that people are called to, but we are all called to be lights in this world. No matter what, what, what avenue that may take, we are all called to be lights in this world. And listen, I want you to get excited about the calling that God has placed in your life. Because I think what happens is the reason why our Christian lives can wane at times or get boring or get mundane is because we forget that we've been called. And this is what I have to remind myself every single day. Maybe when I get tired or I get discouraged, I go back to the calling that Jesus, you called me and that he that began a good work is going to be faithful to complete it. And that's not always going to be these mountaintop experience. In fact, God's going to do his deepest work in your heart in the mundane things of life. It's being faithful just to get up and say, God, I'm going to serve today. I don't feel it. I don't want to get on my running shoes today. I don't feel like running today. I want to lay on the couch and watch, you know, Kelly and Michael. That's what I want to do today, okay? I just want to do that today. I don't, and have a cup of coffee. I don't feel like running today, right? And, and you're going to, but it's, what, what happens is when you know that you've been called, you say, God, I know this isn't always going to be these mountaintop experiences, but God, I know that you've called me and I want to answer that call, and I want to be faithful to that, that I actually am a light in this world. And here's the thing. When God calls you, he gifts you. He gives you gifts to complete the call in your life. I like what uh, Jesus says here in Matthew 5, verses 14 and 16. Jesus says, listen, he's speaking to us. He's saying, you 
are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand that gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see what? Your good works and give glory to who? Yourself? No, to give glory to to, to your Father who is in heaven. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a book. No, I'm just, okay. Um, listen, that's what he's called us to do. He says, listen, I want your light to shine wherever you, that's what you're called. Wherever you are, your light is to shine. You're in top swagmans, let your light shine. At work, let your light shine. I know you get up, you do the same thing every single day. I know it's mundane. I know it, it may not seem so glorious, but let your light shine. You have been called. You are the light in this dark world. Let it shine. Let people see your good works. Let them see you loving other people. Let them see you praying for other people. Let them see you singing this little light of mine, right? Let them wonder what is going on in your life. Why are you joyful? Why are you happy? The reason why is you've been called. And so what Paul says, he goes on in Ephesians 4, 7, later in that same chapter, he says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Christ has gifted us for the building up of the body and for us to be the lights in this world. And so something changes in our life. When we answer the call of God, something changes in our life. And I like what, how Paul explains this change in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, he says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. The new life has begun. And all this is what? It's a gift from God. God gives you this gift. This isn't you anymore. This isn't you trying to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. This isn't you trying to read some self-help book to become a new you. No, God says, listen, when you follow me and you've answered the call and Christ has forgiven you of your sins and I've embedded the Holy Spirit within your life, I'm going to gift you to be this light in this world. It's not going to be from yourself. This is something that I'm going to give you so that you can be the light in the world. So this is a gift from God who has brought us back to himself through Christ that God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself for no longer counting people's sins against them and gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So that we are now Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And so what Paul tells us is he says, listen, make make your life count. Um, Make your calling count. Lead a life worthy of that calling. And when I was writing this message, I was just thinking about maybe those great spiritual giants who have, who have made their calling count. People that we look to, people that we read about. And my mind first went to Jim Elliott. Actually, this, this week, last week, really marked his 60th um, anniversary of when 
He was killed as a missionary in Ecuador. And for those of you who don't know um, Jim Elliott, I've got, got a picture there for you. Let me, let me explain the story of, of Jim Elliott for those you who don't know, because this is an incredible story of this missionary. Jim Elliott, uh, one out of five missionaries, went to the Akua tribe in Ecuador, which this tribe was such an isolated group that no one had ever reached them with the gospel message. And if they tried to, they would kill them. The End of the Spear was a movie that was, was, uh, a movie that was made about this very account. And so what, uh, what Jim Elliott wanted to do was to go and, 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 and tell them about, about Jesus in, in this place. And so they tried to prep the tribe and they tried to give them gifts. And so eventually they, they went there and they, they felt like they were going to finally reach this tribe. And when they got there, the tribe killed them with spears. Now they had guns, but they didn't use them. And so there they lie dead and eventually um, they would be recovered uh, later. And basically Jim Elliott at at a young age gave his life for Christ, trying to reach this um, isolated group that, that, that never heard the message of Jesus Christ. Now, at the time, Jim's wife, Elizabeth, who just happened to die last year, just recently, um, incredible writer. She's written some incredible, incredible books. Some of you may have read some of um, her, her writings. Well, through the providence of God, um, Elizabeth uh, went back to this same tribe. Um, through providence of the Lord, she met two Akua women who were the key to get them into that tribe who actually killed her husband, and she was able to reach him. And in fact, this tribe, many of many, uh, the tribe members became actual followers of Christ because of this incredible story. <clears throat> and, and, and so when you think about this, when I think about, um, you know, Elizabeth, who just recently died, just faithfully serving the Lord and, and going back to the very people that, that killed her husband is incredible to me. Just talking about the faithfulness of God. Jim Elliott, who faithfulness of God, answered the call of God to go to a place that that has never been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, went there and did incredible, incredible things for Christ. And, and obviously we see the results of that still happening today, 60 years later, of God moving and, and doing great things through that wonderful story. However, there's another story here that I never knew about. Now, I knew, you know, just from being a Christian, the amount of years I've been, I knew Jim Elliott. Great story. I knew about Elizabeth, great writer, written many great books, faithful serve, serving Jesus her whole life. But there's another story behind this story, and that's the story of Jim Elliott's brother. Jim Elliott's brother is named Bert. And they are so cute. I just love that picture of Bert and Colleen Elliott. Um, I would dare to say none of you ever heard of Bert. I would dare to say, I would say many of you heard of Jim and Elizabeth, but I would dare to say none of you heard about Bert. Let me tell you about Bert and Colleen Elliott, because this is amazing. Bert Elliott was the older brother of Jim, who he and his wife were missionaries to Peru, and he and his wife served as missionaries for 62 years years. He was serving Christ on the mission field until his death at 87 years old. 
Do you know how many churches this couple planted in Peru? 170 churches. Never knew about Bert. Some of you are like, I never knew that pastor. I never knew about Bert. And, and he served faithfully until his death at 87. He had an interview before his death from Randy Elkhorn. Many of you have read Randy's books. Great, great writer. And, and Bert described his brother Jim in this manner. He said, Jim and I both served Christ, but differently. Jim was a great mentor. Um, he, was, he, he did a lot of great things, but I see his life as this. Jim was this great meteor streaking through the sky just here for a moment, but did many great things. Now, Randy goes on to describe that, that Bert didn't describe his own life, but he goes on to describe what he feels Bert's life was like. Bert's life can be described as the faint star that faithfully rose night after night, crossing the same path in the sky for the glory of God. Faithfully, year after year after year serving the Lord. Now, Bert was quoted as saying this, and I love this. He says, it's not maintaining our lives, but it's giving our lives that really matters. And for year after year after year, Bert and Colleen gave their lives. Trevin Wax explains Bert's life this way. I love the way he explains Bert's life. He says this, the important thing for us to remember is that we are needed. There is a great need for people willing to chase the little donkeys of life. Not because it's exciting, but because they believe in the constant presence and purpose of God. There is a great need for people willing to stand in the midst of the boring, convinced that there is no such thing as ordinary when we follow an extraordinary God. Faithfully serving God, Bert did for 62 years on the mission field. He was not well known, but I'll tell you something about this guy's life. He was faithful. Not well known like his brother, but he was faithful to serve the Lord. And I would say to you, in your Christian walk, look to those who are faithfully serving the Lord. See, it's not how we start the race. It's how we finish it. It's not how well we look at the beginning of the race, right? Because it's all good. Like if, if I'm running, I could go out, buy the best running shoes, get the best running outfit. And man, I can look like a million dollars and people look at me and say, man, that guy is a runner. Woo! Ready for the Olympics, Right? But if I don't walk out the front door, it don't matter, does it? You can look as good as you want. I could, I could walk around Wegmans, you know, tops. People say, yeah, that guy's a runner. Look at, look at those shoes. Look at those shoes. They look brand new. And I can say, yeah, I bought them five years ago. They still look brand new, right? Because I never use them. See, and, and the issue is, that's how a lot of Christians are. I start off great, going to get my Bible, going to get all the stuff I need. And then we never jump in. We're never faithful. See, it's faithfully serving that makes the point. And I think sometimes we can overlook the births of our world. And there are those all around us who faithfully serve. 
the mom who cared for their husband and children and the, the prayer warriors who faithfully prayed, the dad who worked hard to, 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 to bring up his family in the Lord and to serve the church. You know, I'm thankful for my wife for many, many years. I, you know, I'd go on missions trips, whether it was a youth group or the church here, and Kathleen had to stay home with our young family, and she did. She did. She stayed home, and she faithfully served, and I believe her role was a much greater role. See, my, my prayer is that God would do something unique in every single one of your hearts, that you would be intentional. For those of you that feel like, man, my, my walk is just stagnant. I need that passion again in my heart. Well, I believe that there's three key ingredients that keep people faithful. I believe there's three key ingredients that, that Bert, that Jim, that Elizabeth had in their lives that kept them faithful to God. And I, and I believe that that's a key thread that could run through every single one of our lives that if we follow that. And, and, and so I want to give those to you. And it's, it's about being intentional and growth. Let me just, about your growth. Let me just give you this verse. We're going to jump into this. 2 Timothy 2.15. Paul says this to Timothy. He says, listen, Timothy, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And what Paul is telling Timothy, do your best, literally be zealous in your pursuit of God. And so let me give you just three things here as we wrap it up real quick. Let me give you three things that I believe that if you're faithful in and that you're intentional in and the good days and the bad days, and you just faithfully work at this, God is going to bless your life and and you're going to be faithful to, to, to be worthy of the calling that God has placed in your life to be that the life that, that God gave us, the, the, the calling that God gave us, so we can be faithful to that, so, so that the examples that we see in somebody like Bert and Colleen or, or Elizabeth Elliot, we can, we can follow their example of what it means to be faithful in God. So let me just give you three, three things. By the way, these are not mind-blowing, okay? So if you're like, oh my gosh, I, wow, this is gonna, these are not going to be mind-blowing, but, but I believe that these are important. And, and these are the things, I think it's the simple things in our lives that make the greatest difference. I asked our men's Bible study on Thursday morning. I said, um, I want to ask you that have been serving the Lord more than 30 years. I'm going to ask you this question. We had a couple of guys that have been serving Christ more than 30 years. And I just, I go, let me ask you this one question. If you were to say anything to the younger generation or for those that are starting their walk off, starting their walk with the Lord off, what, what, would you, what would your recommendation be? Every single one of them said, keep it simple. There was no like this great deep words of wisdom like, well, I've found this out that God does this through this obscure scripture in Ezekiel. Let me read it for you. This is my divine wisdom. The oracles of God have shown this to me. It wasn't that. Every single one of them said, keep it simple. Keep faithful. Life stinks at times, right? Just keep faithful to serve. Every single one said the same thing. There, there's no great, big, grandiose insight. It was just remaining faithful. And I guarantee Bert and all the rest would say the same. So let me give a couple things here. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, study the word. Study the word. What, what, do, what do I mean by that? You have to be students of the greatest book that was ever given to mankind, and that's God's word, because it's his word. 
And so, so what would I say to that? For some of you that would say, well, pastor, you know, you know, I'm good. And then I, and I, I, I burn out. I, I'm, let me just give you a couple things here to, to help you because you're like, I, I, pastor, if I'm honest with you, I really study at struggling with work. I'd rather have you explain it to me because it, it makes more sense to me. Okay. That's all fine and well, but, but I want you to be students here. Here's what I would recommend you get a good study Bible. And what do I mean by a study Bible? A study Bible would be the ESV study Bible, the NIV study Bible, the Nelson study Bible, the life application Bible. All these, what, what are great about the study Bibles is that you could start like, let's say you're going to read Ephesians. I'm going to read the book of Ephesians this week. And what's great about that is they will show you who wrote the book, why the book was written, the time the book was written, the purpose of, of, of writing the book, then when you read through it, they'll have study notes at the bottom of the page. You may be reading a, reading a passage, and you're like, hmm, I wonder what that means. And what they'll do is they'll give you some insight to that passage to help you understand the verse. And not only that, they may cross-reference some scriptures where you can go into other places in the Word of God. They're going to help you to understand that very verse. If you have questions, ask questions. Go to people that you know that, that have studied the word of God and, and, and begin to ask them questions. Say, or Google it. Say, I've got a question about this. That's really cool. You, you actually can do that, right? I can give you good websites that you can go to that answers a lot of good questions. A really great website is gotquestions.org. It's a great Christian website that has answered over 400,000 questions about the Bible. Great website. I go there a lot. So if some obscure question, I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're... Slant or what's some insight that they could give here? And it's very, very helpful. Just be a student of the word of God. Um, th th this is a tool that will help you to understand. This is a tool that will help the word of God be locked into your soul and your heart. So as you read the word of God, memorize the word of God. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let there be a love for the precepts of God. Let, let your heart become fond of God's word. And the more you read it, the more you fall in love with it, the more you want to obey God and listen to his word. Here's the next step I would say to you is, is um, get a good reading devotional. Here are my, I have a lot, but let me just give you some of my top devotionals that I've read through that I go through over and over and over again. I've got the list up here if you want to look at it. Here are my favorites. I just... We just plugged this in this morning because I wanted to have this. So if you guys wanted to write it down. Um, a couple of my favorites are Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest. How many of you have ever read that? Can I get an amen on that one? See? The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozier. I love Tozier. Um, the Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozier. Just a great pastor in his day. Loved God. Um, here's a newer one, New, Mer uh, New Morning Mercies by Paul Tripp. Excellent, excellent, excellent. A Year with C.S. Lewis, Daily Readings from His Works, excellent, excellent, excellence. Holiness, Day by Day by uh, Jerry uh, Bridges. Um, he's written um, a couple really great books called The Pursuit of Holiness and The Practice of Godliness. How many of you um, have never read the book uh, The Practice of Godliness by Jerry Bridges? Okay, how many would like a free book? Because I've got a book right here. So I'm going to throw it. I'm going to run all the way back here because I just, I'm going to run. I didn't run this morning, so I'm going to run all the way back here. Here you go. God bless you. All right. Give myself a hand. I'm getting my exercise. How are you doing, Jim? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Okay. I was hoping somebody would raise their hand in the back. Whew. Okay, let me get my breath. 
The running's not working out too well. Okay. So read the word of God. Read the word of God. Number two, real quick. Number two. Here's another one. Just, and, and all these are just being faithful. Just, just be faithful. Just do it. Just be faithful, be faithful. Number two, uh, be faithful to church. And what do I mean by that? Not, not just simply just the, the church um, attendance. Because how many of you know, okay, okay, I just checked it off. I went to church. Uh, we begin to leave the, the church parking lot. Somebody cuts us off. And we get in a big, huge argument. All right, how many know that church did absolutely nothing for us, if that's the case, right? We, we know we're... T- so what do I mean by church? What I mean by church is the body of Christ. Be part of the body of Christ. That means fellowship. That means getting together with other believers. That means, you know what, if, 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 if I like living word and I, and I feel like this is my home church, and if you, you've not yet become a member of our church, I, I would, you know, I would just invite you to become a member of our church. We've got a membership class in a couple weeks and a couple Sundays, and uh, be part of that class. Get to know our church um, that we can help you and you can help us to use the gifts that God has given you and we can help you to help you to grow in the Lord and to use your gifts and talents that God has given you. So, so maybe take that step. Say, you know what? I've got to get involved in the body of Christ. It's nice coming on Sunday, but, but I've got to get more involved. And, and so be faithful to that. Be faithful to, to the body of Christ and to church. I mean, I mean, part of it is being faithful on Sunday morning, but, but and this is where we worship together, we sit under God's word, but it's also just being faithful to God's people. It's being faithful in the small groups. We have a ton of small groups, whether it's on Wednesday or Sunday um, or Thursday morning with the guys, um, or it's um, our, our Acts fellowship groups at people's homes. There's information about that on the table. You can look at it on our website. All these things are, are ways that you can get plugged in um, to the family of God. How many know that we help each other grow in the Lord and we need each other and we pray for each other Tuesday nights. Every Tuesday night, we get together and we pray. Faithful group of people that just pray. Everyone's invited to come Tuesday night and pray. These are all small groups that, that we get together and we get to know each other. And many of you um, from coming to the church, you form some great friendships with people with other Christians that you go on trips together and you camp together. And you know, you just, you form some great group fellowship together because um, you, you, you want to be together. That's important. Be faithful to that. And, and the third thing here uh, that I just want to concentrate, and then we're just going to, we're going to pray together. The third thing here is, listen, be faithful to read God's word. Be, be faithful to, to church, to the body of Christ. And the third thing here is just be faithful to serve. And, 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 and what do I mean by being faithful to serve? Um, I mean, saying, God, wherever you've placed me, let me be faithful to do that very thing. Whatever you've, whatever you've placed in my heart to do for you, let me be faithful at doing that. And, and I don't mean to embarrass anybody here. I don't want to do that. Um, um, and I don't want to name any names, but I'm going to name names. Okay, I'm just going to do, I don't want to embarrass these people, but I just, I, I began to think in, my, in, in our church, those that have just faithfully served the Lord. And uh, not too long ago, I think it was in the fall, I, I was, uh, we're coming in here for Wednesday night service. And, and, and I looked in one of the side rooms and, and our national girls ministry where minister to girls was going on. And in one of the rooms, I just saw, I saw Penny Petty. Penny Petty's the one that sits in the, the information table. And, and Penny's been, just serving the Lord for years. 
you know, she's just faithful. And, and, she's, and, and what I saw in Penny is she's, um, she's one-on-one with this, with this girl. She, she helps teach one of the girls' classes. Now, she could easily say, you know what, I'm just tired, I'm older, and I'm just, let someone else do it. No, she's been faithful. And just seeing her one-on-one with that one girl teaching her the word of God literally was just like, to me, like, that's what it's about. Just, just being faithful. Just being, it was a beautiful sight for me to see. Um, I just thought about her faithfulness in, in the small things, just doing it for the Lord and being happy to do it. You know, I was thinking about Amy Eliason. Amy Eliason teaches our three to five-year-olds. Um, she, I think she's been doing that close to 20 years at our church. The three and five-year-olds, God bless her, right? Faithfully, she got a great team around her, but faithfully doing that, loving it, serving your kids at that age. I mean, she had my kids, and my oldest is in college now. That's faithfulness. That's something to look back and say, boy, I can point my finger at that. I'm so glad, God, that you're doing things and, and can see what God started in some of their hearts and what God is doing in their hearts and lives today. You know, we honored Andy Sprague last month. Andy Sprague faithfully served as our worship leader for 30 years, not taking much time off and just faithfully serving God and leading our congregation in worship. Um, I'm not going to name any more names, but Ruth Brooks. You know, let me embarrass Ruth for just a minute. You know, I rarely see Ruth miss a Sunday. I mean, either she is sicker than a dog, you know, or, or she's here. And she's here greeting people, and she's praying on Tuesday night. And, you know, just faithful, faithful does not want to miss coming to church and seeing what God is doing. It's almost like, man, I don't want to miss what God is going to do. Faithful, faithful, faithful. So many of you behind the scenes just serving God. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Thank you. And I could have named a million other people, but thank you for serving. See, I want all of us to know that that God calls us, but it's not just for a few people. And, And the people that God calls are just like you and me, normal, dysfunctional, with problems. And aren't you glad for that? And I think sometimes we, when we talk about missions or we talk about maybe the Jim Ellis of the world, we, we think about, well, that, that's, that's the calling. But, um, and maybe that even brings a little guilt into our lives that we may feel like we're not doing enough. But I want you to realize each of us play a vital, important role in the kingdom of God. And not everyone's called to go on the other side of the world, but all of us are called There's this little teeny tiny verse tucked into Daniel chapter 12. And I want to read this for you because I love it. Little teeny tiny verse stuck in Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And it says this. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Those who are wise will lead many to righteousness and will shine like stars forever. Now, let me ask you this question. Are you intentional in your life? Did you start off with, 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 with good intentions, but it's kind of waned in your life? It, has your, 
Has your passion for Christ kind of waned? Have you kind of gotten into a little bit of the Christian rut where you get used to it? Or or, or, or is God challenging? And maybe there's this area in your life. Maybe, maybe it's in your devotions to God. Maybe um, it's, it's the intentionality within the body of Christ. Maybe it's in the intentionality of, of your, your serving. Maybe, maybe you've grown a, a little weary and you've, you've lost your passion and you need God um, to renew your, your heart again. Here, here's, here's what I would say to you. I would say, number one, remain faithful even when it doesn't seem so glorious. Just stay the course. Stay faithful. God will bless it. Some of you, it's like praying for somebody that, that is, it needs to come to Christ. And you're like, man, I, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I don't see any results. God says, stay faithful. Don't give up praying. Stay faithful. Because how many of you know it's during those times that God reveals the greatest things in your heart and your life about persistency? And about faithfulness. See, the problem is we, we live in this microwave society that we want everything to happen yesterday. And when it doesn't happen yesterday, we think, well, well, God must not be moving. No, God may be moving, but it's not our timetable. It's his timetable. And maybe through that time, God is trying to show you his greatest work that he wants to do in your heart and life. And so God would say to us, remain faithful. Just remain faithful. And so what I want to do for, for us here today is I want to pray for you today. And, and I want us to come before the Lord today in, in one of two ways. Either God, I, I want to commit my life to you to stay faithful. God, may I be intentional in the way I live my life. May I be intentional in these areas of my life. Just let me be intentional, God. Give me the faith to do it and Help me not to grow weary. So I want to pray for that. And, and, and maybe uh, for, for some of you that just says, God, I, I need to re- just renew my passion for you again. I just, I just need to renew that with you again. And, and I've kind of lost it. And I, I need to renew it with you again. God, light the fire in my heart again. Let, let me come back to my first love again. And for those of you, I, I want us to pray for you that says, God, where do you want me to serve? What, what next step do I need to take so that I can draw closer to you? You see, what the Hebrew writer tells us in, in the book of Hebrews, specifically chapter 11, he says, look at those who have gone before us. And the Hebrew writer gives us a whole list of people that have gone before us and who were what? Faithful. And what is it to do? It's to encourage us to remain faithful in doing what God has called us to do. But the Hebrew writer says, and they didn't even know what the promise was. It wasn't fulfilled. They didn't see it yet through Christ, but they stayed faithful to God because they knew that God was true to his word. Is God not true to his word? He is. Is God not faithful to his promises? He is. So may we be faithful to God to remain steadfast, to serve him, even in the mundane things, even as it was said about Bert Elliott, chasing the little donkeys. May we be faithful to do that.
Because God, you are faithful to your word and to your promises. So I want us to stand today and, and we're going to close in song. And this is what we're going to do today. I, I'm going to, I'm going to call our church just to come and stand and just ask God to use. So I want you to stand and it, listen, listen, as we, as we sing this and as, as we pray today, um, I want to call you forward just to pray and say, God, um, solidify this, this message in my heart and in my life. And I just want to serve you. And if, 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 if that's your, if that's your heart's desire today, then I want you to come forward and I want us to pray. And, and I want us just to allow God to do this, this, this deep work in our heart today. So if that's you, I want you to come forward and I want to pray. If that's you, just say, just come on forward and let's, let's let God do this work in, in our hearts today. And so let's just come forward and let's do this as we just give this to the Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, is, is, are those that are coming forward right now, God, Lord, we, we give you our hearts and our lives today. God, I, I pray for, for our church. I pray for every single person here today that, that God, you would just renew our passion for you. Let us not grow weary in doing good. Lord, I, I pray that, that God, even though we feel like, God, am I really making a difference? God, help us to see that through our faithfulness, we are making a difference. Help us to be faithful in all those small things. The things that, that, that don't even seem to be recognized or the things that don't seem to be exemplified. God, help us to see that you're doing this work in our hearts. And so we stand before you. I pray for these that are here today that are just saying, God, just I want you to do my heart and life. Lord, solidify this in my heart and life. And I pray this for every single person here, every single person here as we stand before you and as we sing this before you, solidify this work in your word in our hearts and life, we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing this together. Talk about laying down our rights and let's, let's let God be lifted up in our midst. Let's just sing this unto the Lord. God bless you.